Welcome to Real Health, Real People. I'm Heather Crawford. And I'm Sarah Frappier. And we're here to talk about real health for real people. Is it over? We can see how much time we're recording. And that's the opening. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) The end. We're going to just open every podcast by saying goodbye. Goodbye. We're going to just be like, and that's been our show. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Because we all know our attention spans are only 15 seconds anyway. That's true. I have the shortest attention span. Okay, bye. You know when you watch YouTube videos and they are like, 15 second advertisement before I get so mad I know and it's 15 seconds really how long is 15 seconds apparently an eternity in my mind (laughs) because I see that and I'm like I will never hear my song (laughs) I will never see when will this be over like I'm in this well even like when it's like you can skip this ad in three Two, no, like, come on. Count it down. Count it down. <laughs> count it down. That's how short our attention spans have become. That's true. We're, we're ridiculous, and I fully am guilty of such things. So we appreciate you spending more than 15 seconds yeah, of thanks your for time listening. listening to us talk about healthy things for healthy people. Yeah. Real things. Real things. For real people. Real healthy, real people. <laughs> Keeping it real. Keeping it real. With some really crazy gals. (laughs) But we have so much fun. We really do. I'm having so much fun doing, like, research. I don't know that I've ever been very scientific, ever. Welcome to my side. (laughs) Science! (laughs) Yes, I've pulled you into the dark side. Well, you pulled me towards computers. You pulled me... I've caved i got an apple i got an, a macbook and and that's what you're listening to this recording from doesn't it sound great <laughs> we are not sponsored by apple <laughs> thanks rustin yay rustin <laughs> rustin rustin <laughs> and can put in some fake cheers there yeah <sighs> edit that in rustin proud cheers he's probably gonna cut so, um, our topic today is super fun, and it kind of gave me a memory of, like, when I was little. I remember, do you remember, like, the first kind of diet soda I ever saw was Tab? Do you remember Tab? I don't remember Tab. So, my mom used to drink Tab. I think that's where I remember it. And it was, like, it was, like, the thing the, in the 80s. The soda. The soda. And I'm pretty sure they all thought it would help them lose weight. Yeah, wasn't that a big thing that they came out with? I think I've seen diet soda ads where they are saying, like, lose weight Mm -hmm. and drink these diet drinks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, if you haven't caught on, (laughs) our topic is diet soda. Diet soda. The skinny and or not so skinny on diet sodas. Well, let's see. I mean, maybe it does help you lose weight. The word diet would make me think that if I drink this, it's going to help me lose weight. Help you slim it. Slim it down. Slim it down. Right. Because that's the way they're using it. They're saying, yes, it, it will help Or at you. least it, it, the connotation is that it's better for you than regular soda. Right. It's the better version right. of. Because almost every soda brand out there, there is a diet version. Mm-hmm. 
and from all the different manufacturers too. So everyone has their regular brand of the soda and then their diet version. Right. For pretty much everything. I don't think that there's a soda that I haven't seen a diet equivalent of. Except for maybe oranges and cream soda, which <laughs> no, I'm is. sorry is my guilty pleasure. But there is a diet. Yeah. So um, the brand of that I get from Trader Joe's, it has an orange soda. And then there's a diet version too. Yeah, but that's orange. What about oranges, oh, oranges and, cream? and cream? Oh, I don't know about I'm that. I'm very specific. No, I think there is. Because they taste like cream sickles. Because there's the glass bottles ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is a diet version. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless, we probably shouldn't be <laughs> drinking any of that. No. But we all have our guilty pleasures. For sure. And in terms of beverages, mine happens to be oranges and cream soda. Mm. It is delicious. It is quite tasty. But I very rarely actually purchase it. Right. It's a once in well, a very rare Well, I like that... Like at some places you can just buy a can. Oh, just a a can. A can. Or a bottle. <laughs> or a bottle. <laughs> that way you're not like trying not to drink the other five. Yeah, what's with that? When you want to buy something and you just want like one of them, one. but you have to buy 25 right. in order to get that one. Right. Or you go to the fudge shop looking for one pretzel and you leave with three pounds. Shh. <laughs> 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 That's a secret, Sarah. That never happened. That never, <laughs> ever happened just a couple months ago. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so I, I was like, okay, does diet soda help you lose weight? And I found some interesting kind of opposing studies. Really? So the first one I found was published in the Journal of Obesity. So I feel like it should be pretty yeah it's a peer-reviewed yeah. journal any peer-reviewed research is going to be reputable right so in a nutshell two groups of men and women were introduced to the same diet and exercise program with one exception one group drank water and the other downed diet soda after 12 weeks which that's a really short study 12 mm-hmm. weeks so after 12 weeks the diet soda drinkers lost 5.9 oh i'll read the pounds they lost about 13 pounds compared to just under 9 pounds for those who drank water. Hmm. So the study authors speculate that the water group may have lost less weight because they indulged their sweet cravings in other ways, like with foods and, you know, candies or or things like that, which contained higher calories, maybe yogurt, cookies, and ice cream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But the study's co-author, Dr. Jim Hill, he's from the University of Colorado, He says it makes sense that it would have been harder for the water group to adhere to the overall diet than the artificially sweetened beverage group because when we have a sweet tooth, like we tend to satisfy it. And the, you know, diet soda drinkers had a way to do that. Way to kind of curb their sweet tooth. But he also says despite the four extra pounds the diet soda drinkers lost, he just can't recommend drinking diet or regular soda. He says, we've all heard about the dangers of excess sugar and regular soda is the top source for that in the American diet, but also artificial sweeteners are, well, artificial. It's true. And some of those, um, in talking about the artificial sweeteners, there there are some that are about 600 times sweeter than sugar. That's crazy. Or the one that is most common is aspartame is Mm -hmm. 200 times sweeter than sugar. That's that's crazy. Like, 
Sugar is sweet. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? I mean, that's... Have you ever put had something to drink? Like, if you haven't had sugar in a really long time, and then you eat something that has sugar mm. in it, you take one bite, and you're like, holy moly, if you're right. just used to natural sugars like fruit or something. Mm-hmm. And it just tastes and so super sweet. your head's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I have noticed that, like, um, because I used to be an avid drinker of Mountain Dew, mm. And when the Diet Mountain Dew came out, I always thought it tasted sweeter. Well, and that's probably why. Right. Because the artificial sweeteners are always hundreds of times more sweet than just standard sugar. So I also found this other study, though, and it's from um, Purdue University. And it found that um, the people drinking the diet sodas had a number of health problems um, Including obesity. Oh, so that's completely the opposite. Right. It says here, one large study found that people who drank artificially sweetened soda were more likely to experience weight gain than those who drank the non-diet soda. Interesting. And I like what it says in here, too. Um, So one of the authors of this study says, are diet sodas worse for you than regular and he says, I think that's the wrong question, because what good are sodas for you in the first place? That is an excellent question. Right. So if you're arguing, why are we drinking soda at all? Right. <laughs> why, why? So the argument isn't necessarily diet versus non-diet. It's soda versus no soda. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I do think, you know, Americans, we like to judge books by their cover. You know, we buy things based on the product packaging. And oh, when yeah. It, packaging when, is huge. When it says diet, we just automatically go, this that is must the better be better. Yeah, right. diet equals better. So that's what we want to look at today. Is it? Is it better? Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see my face right then, so that probably didn't translate. <laughs> but, um, so first, like, let's see what is actually in diet soda kind of in a blanket overview right um well as we mentioned it has artificial sweeteners Mm -hmm. so you're not looking at regular sugar you're looking at like sucralose um aspartame which what's another word for that is that the nutrasweet is nutrasweet aspartame and sweet and low Mm -hmm. um and then you have your caffeine content you have phosphoric acid preservatives and artificial colorings and caramel color Mm. Does any of that sound really natural to you? I don't know. Maybe caffeine. Caffeine, I guess. Yeah, is, I mean, but here's but it's the, extracted. Well, we're, yeah. we'll talk about caffeine in another episode. But there is a big difference between like the caffeine that you get from coffee or tea and the caffeine you get in a an artificial drink. Very true. So we just kind of broke down. We started looking at some of these different ingredients. So, um, the caffeine content of soda is typically comparable to that of regular sodas. Mm -hmm. So regular soda versus diet, you're going to be getting the same amount of caffeine anywhere from like 36 to 55 milligrams, which has, caffeine has been considered safe in moderate amounts of 100 to 200 milligrams per day. Currently that's considered a safe amount of caffeine, um, the phosphoric acid, which is a mineral acid compound of phosphorus, is what gives soda its acidity and tart, sharp flavor. And almost all of the acidity in soda comes from phosphoric acid. Well, let's just talk about some phosphoric acid. <laughs> I spent many years consuming large amounts 
of phosphoric acid in the form of Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had over twenty thousand dollars in dental bills. <gasps> twenty thousand? Mm-hmm. You're just rocking twenty thousand dollars in your head. I am. I put a brand new car in my mouth. And her teeth are not platinum. No. I'm just saying. They're just normal. They're normal teeth. Enameled teeth. <laughs> because guess what phosphoric acid does, ladies and gentlemen? It's corrosive and it's been linked to an increase of dental erosion. Well, yeah. Have you seen where, okay, so like if your battery in your car is messing up. Yes. So there's like the corrosion around. You can pour a Coke on it and it takes it all away. It yeah. eats through it. It eats through the corrosion on a car battery. And your teeth. So, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what do you think it's doing to your insides? Yeah. That would concern me. Anything I can pour into a car battery and it's like eating stuff away from a car battery, yeah. then that's going in my body. Yeah, that's That makes me is. really uncomfortable. I feel unsafe. <laughs> I feel unsafe right now thinking about that. Um, and then the preservatives and artificial colorings or natural quote-unquote natural flavorings um let's see potassium benzoate is typically used to preserve freshness of all diet foods and it prevents mold from growing while it's stored on the shelves so basically because these things aren't natural they have to put these additives in them right which basically keeps them from rotting or decaying Mm -hmm. or whatever food does for long long periods of time which certainly can't be good for you. Um, I wouldn't think. Right. I mean, and the term natural too, natural flavorings, I see it on everything. Yes. It is not regulated mm-hmm. by the FDA what natural means. It's basically, it can mean it's derived from a food found in nature, but it doesn't make it a health food. Right. And it doesn't mean it ends up <laughs> as natural at the end. Exactly. And that's another thing where we're just, you know... We see it on the label and we think, oh, this is natural, but it's really, that word means nothing. No, it's one of those, another, one of those label tricks where you look at the front of a box and it says, if you see boxes next to each other and one says natural and the other one doesn't, what are you going to be more likely to pick up? We're going to tend to go for that natural one. Yeah. And it doesn't mean healthy though. It could mean Mm -hmm. anything like, oh, this started out coming from a lemon. Right. And then by the time it gets into your food, it's like lemon aroma chemical <laughs> compound right like and it's not actually anything to do with a lemon anymore so just stuff to be aware of when you're reading your packages because we all know right that we have to read our, <laughs> our yeah, food labels absolutely <laughs> and not just the fronts of the boxes yeah I mean that's something we you know we try to teach our clients all the time is don't look at the front of the package actually read the ingredients list yeah. You know, know what you're looking for. And if you cannot pronounce half of what's in your food or on the ingredient list, right? I'm saying that's probably not natural. Mm-hmm. If it's saying all kinds of words, science-y words. Well, you know, I believe, too, that, you know, everything we consume should serve a purpose. You know, like, we, we should be fueling our bodies. Like, when we eat food, it should serve the purpose to nourish us or fuel us for our workout and... When you're putting in those things that you don't even know what they're doing in your body, like, is it serving a purpose? Yeah, when you're putting, like, question mark. Right. <laughs> Healthy. Mm, I don't know. Yes or no. Yeah. I'm just going to tend to want to, I'm late. Now, that's not to say 
I am not a perfect person. I oh, am. Of course not. Obviously, this is real health for She's real people. Definitely not a perfect. Person. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the look she just gave me. Um, so yeah, have I had a soda every now and then? Oh, of course. Yes, like I said, my guilty pleasure: oranges and cream. Now, does that mean I drink them every day mm. or multiple times a day? No way. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because I have become aware that I'm putting things in my body that aren't real. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, though, with, with soda of any kind, diet or not, I feel like it's so addicting. Yes. You know, when I was drinking Mountain Dew, there's no way I could have gone a day without it. And so now, like, if if I want to have one, I have to buy just one. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be drinking the whole yeah. case. Absolutely. And I'll find you inside of your house, <laughs> huddled over your Mountain Dew cans, and I'll have to be like, come Locked on, Heather. In closet. Come on, Heather. It's okay. And I'll have to pull you back into the light. <laughs> so um, you said, you know, we're, they're using these artificial sweeteners. Um, and those, you know, they are regulated by the FDA. The FDA is telling us that they're safe. In certain quantities, right? Right. But there's so many other studies done, you know, Putting them in a category that, of like, there was a study in 2011 that linked them to depression, strokes. Um, there's been lots of studies on neurological problems, you know, consuming these artificial sweeteners. So while the FDA is saying that they're safe, we are definitely consuming too much of them. Yes. And one thing to realize too, when these new artificial sweeteners come out like what's one of the ones that's come out recently that's new and being promoted well you know we have Splenda and I, I don't know some of yeah them. so some of these so basically as they come out they're studied in like you know acute minor studies where like over a short duration of time and they right. find oh, over over this short duration of time these are shown to be okay but then fast forward to 10 15 years later we're now have done studies over decades and they're like, oh, well, wait, right. long-term use. Yes, maybe one or two small doses once or twice or whatever is fine, but then long-term use, if you're having this every single day, oh, wait, wait, causes yeah. cancer and obesity and diabetes and all of these things. So when something new hits the market and they're saying, this is safe for you, Maybe in like an acute small dose. Right. But what about in 10 years if they turn around and say, oh, but after 10 years. Right. Well, and I think too, like when it was introduced and they said, okay, this is safe. So of course, everybody in the industry was like, let's use it. It's safe. Let's use it. And so they put it in all of these products that we're consuming instead of us just having, yeah, that small amount. Right. So if you're getting it in all of these different foods you're putting in your body every single day and cumulative over your lifetime, you've had who knows how much. Right. For them to have tested that in the very beginning of a new product coming out, they they had no way of knowing. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they were trying to push an evil product on us. It's not they were like, drink this and die. Like that, their goal, (laughs) their goal really was let's find healthier alternatives. You know, they're, it's all well intentioned. But um, as science has shown, we don't always know everything mm-hmm. on the front end. That's true. So that's why we have to just kind of be aware and do some of well, our own research. Well, and think about, too, like artificial. So our brain, when we consume these artificial sweeteners, they're being tricked to think that we are getting something sweet. Yes. But we're not actually being satisfied with something sweet. 
And so we crave more. Yeah. I feel like it, it causes us to overconsume. Yeah. Like, even if you drink a diet soda, you still may want a piece of cake. Right. Because your body's like, oh, I didn't get sugar, but your brain's like, I think we did. And it's really confused. Yeah. And two, it's, what, oh, what is the term? I'm totally blanking on it. Where basically we're oversaturating our taste buds. Mm-hmm. So we're giving it these artificial sweeteners and flavors. So basically our taste buds are trained to expect such, right. like, intense flavors. Yes. When in actuality, like, what ha- the flavors that happen in... Nature. nature like so say an orange mm-hmm. or an apple which has intrinsic natural sweetness from the fructose which is not bad for you right um then if you drink like a glass of kool-aid and then you go and eat an apple the apple by comparison you're gonna go oh this doesn't taste nearly exactly. as sweet yeah so then you're you're gonna automatically be like well this is what i should be drinking is this sweet and sweetened kool-aid yeah so it's it's causing us to eat or consume less of what we should. Right. And more of what we shouldn't. When in actuality, if like when I go through periods where I'm being really good about what I'm eating and I'm not eating that sweet stuff. Yeah. When, when I eat something sweet, like by sugar or yeah. one of these artificial sweeteners, it is like toothachey sweet. Yeah. Because I'm, my taste buds are normal, used to what's normal. Mm-hmm. So also stuff to be aware of. Like we can train our taste buds. For sure. So... Um, in addition to the artificial sweeteners, there is just overall associative studies or epidemiological studies that have been shown all kinds of things that diet soda use has been, um, proved to be associated with. There's been two studies that have shown a 34 to 30% greater risk of developing metabolic syndrome. Mm. A 67% relative greater risk of type 2 diabetes. And these are compared with non-soda drinkers. Right. And these are from, you know, Diabetes Care Journal and the Circulation of Epidemiology Studies. Um, Another one from the American Academy of Neurology studied almost 300,000 51 to 70 year olds. And 30% of those were more likely to have depression mm. over a period of 10 years. It's like, That's who knew that thing. drinking soda can, cause you, can cause you to have depression? Like, you would not make that right. that association in your head. But it's actually been shown. 30% more likely versus non-soda drinkers. Uh, what's another one? Oh, it has also been linked to preterm delivery, which is less than 37 weeks. Almost 60,000 pregnant women in Denmark who drank one diet soda per day, 38% chance of preterm delivery. Wow. Four or more per day, 78% wow. chance of preterm That's delivery. That's crazy. Yes. And they've also been associated with hypertension, high blood glucose, Again, a whole handful of other studies about type 2 diabetes. Right. And then a number of studies showing association of them with weight gain. What we're finding is, like, it's probably inconclusive on whether it actually helps you lose weight, but most likely no. But is it worth having it all? (laughs) You know, I think what we're reading is pretty scary stuff. Right. And I would say if you're... Drinking diet soda to lose weight, there are way better options. Oh, absolutely. To lose weight. If you are someone that is addicted to soda, 
and you're thinking, oh, diet soda is a better option. Right. Um, take it from a soda addict that I'm sitting right yes. across from. It is possible. Hi, I'm Heather. <laughs> and I'm a soda holic. <laughs> <laughs> to break free of drinking sodas every day. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Oh, so you got that amazing soda stream for Christmas. I did. So I got one of those really cool, like, make-your-own-at-home carbonated beverages. Yes. And, of course, they make it so, oh, make-your-own, quote-unquote, sodas mm-hmm. at home, and they can you can buy the flavorings, and they have all the fish, artificial stuff. However, if you just really enjoy the carbonation That's side of it, part, just the CO2 sure. carbonation, yeah. you just fill it up with normal filtered water, and you push the little cartridge, and there you go. Like, at home, carbonation. carbonated, fizzy water. That's amazing. And I do that, and one, you're saving the environment from cans. Yeah, and money on buying. And money on buying it. And you you are in control of what you're adding to your carbonated water. Yeah, because you can flavor it with just fruit, mm-hmm. um, you know, essential oils. Throw in some cucumbers or yeah. li- lemons or limes. That's a great You don't answer. have the phosphoric acid. You don't have the caramel color, the artificial flavorings, the whatever else is in there. Right. The caffeine. That's it's a great option. just gas in water. That's right. Gassy water. <laughs> and it makes you gassy. <laughs> it makes you gassy. <laughs> but no, so there are other ways to get some carbonation yeah. into your into your body if you really crave that. And you know, there's ways, even if you don't want the carbonation, you can still flavor water to make it more fun and interesting. Oh, yeah. To help you not drink as much soda. Same thing. You know, there's tons. I mean, you can just go online or, you know, if you're a Pinterester or whatever, and you can type in flavored water, Mm -hmm. and there's a million different ways to naturally, like truly naturally, with actual fruit or veggies or something. And even if you do, you know, want to have that occasional soft drink, you can find better options in soft drinks. Um, Not diet, but even brands that have better ingredients you know like there's a um a brand that the cola version is not even brown so they don't use the caramel coloring it's clear Mm. so you're not getting the artificial colors there's no preservatives so when you have your occasional soft drink you can make a better choice yes yeah and we're not trying to demonize drinking soda or soda drinkers we're just we're really trying to bring awareness to what are we putting in our bodies right so, you know, we break down what are we putting in our bodies and evaluating what are those things doing to our bodies. Because I think more and more as consumers in today's society, we're not aware of what we're eating. Right. We don't know. We just pick something up and we eat it and we go. We figure if it's well, for sale, it's got to be okay. Well, and, you know, why Why would we not assume that something on the shelf is unsafe for us? We, we assume, like, if they're producing it and putting it on the shelf that it's okay right because they're not going to sell us you know rat poison right to eat <laughs> or are they or are they dun 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 conspiracy theory. next podcast no, <laughs> <laughs> but no just being aware right. of what we're eating because we ultimately like what they provide us to buy is their their decision what we decide to put in our bodies is totally our decision and that is a wrap that was an amazing way to end that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For real, I don't even know what else to say after that. That's a wrap. We out. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to that like 
television with the like yes. multicolored bars. Remember back yep. in the day when they when go the t- offline? Yep. I mean, I don't, I'm not old enough to remember, but yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Me neither. Mm, what? What are you talking about? Stop. We should have been funnier. <laughs>